Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me by Zoom once again is my co-pilot, Lil Baron. Hey there. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good this week. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> yes, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> so, uh, Lil, it, tell me this. Do you think it's fair to say that most of us want to look our best? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I want to look our best, right? Yes. I think uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who wouldn't say yes to that. So I found an article. It's on Eat This, Not That Health website. It's called The Easiest Way to Look Younger. It was written oh. by Alec Korob, and there was some good stuff here. So I thought maybe I would share just a few of his tips on how all of us can look a little bit younger. Perfect. Let's get going on that. <laughs> All right. There were some good ones here. Number one, avoid chronic sun exposure. Oh, I don't like that. (laughs) Well, I mean, we we know that the sun ages the skin. Yes. uh, All of that. Um, We also know that there's vitamin D associated with sun exposure. So you've got to find a balance for sure. But right. They say chronic sun exposure is the most common extrinsic factor that affects skin aging. That's according to Dr. Rashmil. Uh, Bayakoti, who is the editor of Best for Nutrition, uh, he says the loss of collagen is considered the characteristic finding of aged skin. Wrinkling and pigmentary changes are directly associated with photoaging. That, that all comes from exposure to the sun. He does have a prescription, though, and he says the only strategy that can prevent photoaging is sun avoidance. And that's the part that you don't like, right, Lil? Yeah, I don't like that, but, but he says, I get it. <laughs> Use sunscreens to block or reduce skin exposure to UV radiation. He says the best mm-hmm. sunblocks are mechanical. They contain zinc and or titanium dioxide, and they block the UVA damaging rays that effectively, um, uh, and, excuse me, and they're very effective with frequent application. So he's not saying you can't go outside. Just be smart about it and make sure that you're protected yeah. and covered up. I do wear sunscreen, which so is- I, I do get that. All right. So that's number one. Number two, this is a good one as well. And that is to find ways to de-stress. Okay. Did you, uh, did, did you think about <laughs> when it relates to looking younger? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I can see that. You can see that. Okay. So stress uh, is associated with potentially harmful stimuli, making you look older. This is according once again to Dr. Bayakoti. Uh, he says relaxation methods okay. like deep breathing and meditation can help to relieve stress. Um, so the relaxation techniques that they recommend um, have some far-reaching benefits. They relieve stress, they reduce blood pressure, they reduce numerous physical complaints, and once again, simple things like deep breathing exercises, as well as yoga, meditation, aromatherapy, <laughs> hydrotherapy. Those are just a few things that we can do to reduce stress in our lives. I will take um, issue with one of those things. I, Lil, you know. I was just going to say. (laughs) I've been trying to do yoga. I've only done three online courses so far. I leave those sessions enraged. I am the opposite of de-stress. I am so mad at those people 
who are trying to make me do these things that hurt so bad. I, I suspect this is only a suspicion, <laughs> but I suspect after years of yoga, it probably gets to be relaxing because the teachers, they seem totally Zen. They're totally relaxed. I'm just telling you for me personally, I'm just ticked off. I'm just mad. So <laughs> I'll try for stress release. I'll, I'll, I'll try meditation, aromatherapy, hydrotherapy. I'm not hundred percent sold on the yoga yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it. Cause I do think there are supposed to be benefits associated. I'm definitely, definitely inflexible. So I need to work on that. So anyway, we're, we're going to move past that de-stress, whatever you do, however you do it, just de-stress in your life. All right. Here's number three. This is another one that I think is good, but you're probably not going to love this advice, even though oh, I, good. I think you'll agree that it's good advice. And that is to get a good night's sleep. Oh yeah. All right. Right. I right. agree. I, I don't do it, but I agree. <laughs> so this is something they did that was interesting. They, they say healthy young adults in this study were photographed after eight hours of sleep, and then once again, after some sleep deprivation, um, they found that uh, observers were asked to rate their attractiveness. And when the participants were sleep deprived, they were rated as less attractive, more tired and less healthy compared to when they were rested. So getting a good night's sleep is not only good for the body and the mind, but it also improves attractiveness and other people's inclination to socialize with us. So uh, keep that in mind. A good night's sleep can do wonders for your youthful appearance. Since your face relaxes while you sleep, they can also help soften lines around your face. So there's lots of reasons to get a yes. good night's sleep. They recommend that you try to get eight hours of sleep per night. That's, that's the goal. Many of us are not reaching that goal, but that's what we're shooting for. Here's the last one. You ready for okay. this? This is one I think we can all agree with, and that is don't forget to smile. Oh, that's a good one. I agree. Yeah. So Dr. Leanne Poston says, I think the single most important thing you can do to look younger is smile. It decreases the number of wrinkles that appear over time on your face. Smiling makes you happier and gives you more energy and a positive attitude encourages better eating habits and more exercise. And of course that's related to smiling as well. So get your smile on and reduce your stress. Okay. I like the smiling part and Let's talk about yoga, and we've got the giggling down. So, smiling <laughs> was on the list for sure. But uh, anyway, lots of ways to de-stress and uh, appear yeah. yourself more attractive. So, a few things to think about. Just uh, moving on. Today's guest, Lil, is a regular on the show. Oh, Marianne Hamilton. She is. Uh, Marianne has really an incredible story about how she became an athlete, despite thinking that title could never apply to her. She's a world-class race walker. She competes around the nation, even around the world. She's also a cancer survivor, a trainer. She's the founder of the local wine tasting club and frankly, mm -hmm. just a really good friend as well. So Marianne, yes. welcome back to the show. Thank you, Kyle. It's so good to be with you again. And Lil, as always. Yes. Yes. Always, always a pleasure. What, what did you think? What was your knee-jerk reaction to all of our stress-relieving tips? I was just giggling up my sleeves about the whole yoga thing because <laughs> I have taught aqua yoga classes. And I have to say, when I've taken yoga classes myself, Kyle, secretly, I kind of tend to agree. <laughs> um, the first two times that I took a class um, on land, yeah. the instructor they're supposed to be very Zen and very calm and, you know, very soothing. Yeah. And both of them came over to me and said, you're not doing it right. And, you know, they were trying to bend me into all these 
contorted positions and I, I felt very, very, very um, angry, yes, <laughs> and awkward. Yeah, <laughs> so I can appreciate that. I've, but if- I've only done online courses, so, you know, thankfully they haven't come and, and put me into difficult <laughs> positions, but oh my word, yes, yeah, them do it. And they're just so calmly talking through these movements that are just, I've got beads of sweat on my forehead and my head is purple and I'm like, so mad. I'm just so angry and, and I can't do it. <laughs> I will say that if you, if you attempt aqua yoga, it's much more calming and the water supports you and you'll okay. feel much happier and you're in warm water with, you know, a wonderful environment. So give that a try. Maybe something to consider for sure. And again, listen, I know there are yogis out there that are like, you know, shaking their head or <laughs> in my, um, you know, my uh, response to the, to the sport or the practice, I should say, of yoga. I know there are great benefits to it. And, and for a lot of people, it makes a big difference. But man, I am just inflexible. And so everything hurts. Everything hurts me. Like, it just, it isn't fun. But I'm committed to at least uh, giving it a try this year. And so maybe at the end of the year, I'll feel differently about it. Oh, good. Good. Okay. I'm anxious to see how it, what progress you make. So, yes, me too. <laughs> I was anxiously awaiting any progress. And you know I'll bring it up again. <laughs> well, today we want to talk a little bit about that concept of new year, new goals, things, things uh, you know, that we want to put into place in our life moving forward. Um, what do you think, Marianne? It is a new year. Today's, today's the, the last uh, Thursday of, of January. So, you know, once February rolls around, we never have to set any goals again. We just you know, roll around to the next year. But... Uh, but now's the time, obviously, traditionally, where a lot of people set their resolutions and statistics say that many of us have already broken a number of them by now. But what do you think about goal setting? How do you go about it so that it sticks? Um, I think a couple of things about that. I think the whole idea of setting goals is really about trying to make improvements in your life. And, and there's never a date that's right for that or wrong for that. So if you're setting goal, you're trying to, um, you know, make things better for yourself spiritually or physically or any other aspect of your life. And, and that's always a really, really good thing. Um, I think what trips people up is that they don't set goals that are realistic. Um, I, I was thinking about this yesterday when I was thinking about what, what we're going to talk about today. And, I'm, you know, I've been a journalist my entire life. And um, at one point I had the chance to interview Jenny Craig. And yes, there is a, a person named Jenny Craig and she's lovely. <laughs> and she was talking about her uh, weight management programs. And, um, she talked about setting realistic goals. And she said, what always happens is somebody will come into one of her centers or they'll call her and say, I want to be a size two for my daughter's wedding. And she'll say, well, have you ever been a size two? And she'll and person will inevitably say, no. And she'll say, well, you know, what size are you now? What's your typical size? Well, I'm 10, 12, 14. Well, let's think about maybe getting you down to a size eight or, a, you know, a size 10. Think about something that's that's reachable. You can't think about trying to, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in a month, or I'm going to learn a new language this year, or I'm going to run a marathon um, in six months. Those are not maybe realistic goals. But if you type, um, if you think about things that you can do incrementally over time, then you're going to be much more successful and you won't have the urge to sort of say, well, what the heck, I'm just going to give up. So I think being realistic is really, really the key thing up front. I think you, you really nailed a very important aspect of, of goal setting and one that I think to some degree, all of us are, are guilty of, you know, a trap that we're all guilty of falling into and, and that idea of setting unrealistic goals. 
Um, because, you know, listen, we're, we're surrounded by stimuli around us, whether it's a television commercial or a magazine ad or, or a Disney movie, <laughs> whatever it happens to be that says, you know, the, the impossible is possible. You just have to think about it hard enough. And, and I think, you know, obviously the impossible is possible if we work at it. Um, but you get from impossible to, uh, to possible little steps at a time, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm always amused um, in a not a good way when I see, um, well, the latest Hollywood star who's just had a baby and she's lost her baby weight in, you know, in an hour and a half and <laughs> out there in a bikini. Well, that's just not realistic. If you maybe if you have a full time nutritionist and, and trainer and all that support system, you may get to that that um, point where you want to be with yourself physically. But for most of us, we have to work a lot harder. And, and it's, it's just a, doing it every day, one foot in front of the other. And slow and steady will we'll get you there for sure. You, you talk about the concept of setting yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? That idea of, of baby steps, right? Yeah, I think um, it's really, there's an inclination to say, okay, it's New Year's or the first part of the year. And here's my five list, my list of 10 or 15 things I'm going to get done. That's probably not going to happen. And by Valentine's Day, you're going to be, <laughs> you know, having done none of them. But if you maybe think of one or two um, changes that you'd like to make in your life, that's possible. That's doable because you'll have more focus and um, just more realistic anticipation of what you're going to be doing for sure. Yeah, I love it. Now, here we are, obviously, in the middle of a global pandemic, and for many of us, our lives look different than, than they used to a year ago or a year and a half ago. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Is it, even, is it even reasonable to think about setting goals in the middle of a pandemic, or should we just sit this one out and wait, wait until whatever, whatever the new thing, the new normal is, uh, and then go? What do you think? Just toss it out and sit in the recliner you know, with remote control on your bonbons. No, I, I don't think that's what you have to do. I think maybe it's, it has an asterisk that we kind of all need to be kinder to ourselves this year. I know that sounds really, really trite, but we need to be aware of the fact that we don't have maybe all the resources and the, um, the places we can go. We can't go to the gym. Maybe we can't do you know group classes. <clears throat> excuse me, group fitness classes or, um, you know, just can't shop, can't do a lot of things that we'd like to do in the past. Um, that's okay. That'll, that'll come around once we get the vaccine and, and we're all, you know, we're past this, this horrible phase in our, in our history. Um, so sort of think about what you can do to modify, um, you know, getting from point A to point B. It may not look the way it did in the past or what you thought was going to happen, but that's Okay. And if you don't get there right away, you know, be nice to yourself, cut yourself some slack. We're all, we're all having a really, really tough time. And as this pandemic drags on longer and longer, it gets harder and harder to stay positive. So I think um, whatever we can do to just, you know, give ourselves some, some me time is really, really super important along the way. And maybe that's, um, you know, I don't know if you can, send somebody a note. I'm very, very conscious of my friends who are single right now. Cause I think that, you know, I know that they're home alone and many of them are afraid to venture out into, um, into public with other people. So I try and check on my single friends pretty regularly with texts or emails or that kind of thing. <clears throat> maybe that's a goal you can set for yourself. Just connect, stay connected. Um, maybe not physically connected, but socially connected. 
that's a really important goal for me this year until we get past this. Um, you know, think about sending somebody a card, um, make a dish for a neighbor and leave it on the front porch. I mean, those are all things that are little, but they make such a huge difference in people's lives. And, um, you know, then, then when it's safe again, we can, we can reconnect. But, you know, just think about things in a different way than we've thought before. I, I really like that. And I think it's worth emphasizing, um, you know, all the things that you, that you mentioned just now are, are such great things to do. And they're, and they're things that um, I think they're, they're indications of the kind of people that we all want to be. We want to be kind. We want to be friendly. We want to be caring. Uh, I don't know if we traditionally think of those as goals or resolutions. You know, I think traditionally we think about, I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to run the marathon. I'm going to do an Ironman triathlon. I'm going to lose 20 pounds or, or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with setting those types of goals as long as they're realistic to you and you recognize the steps that it takes to get to that end goal. You don't wake up one morning and decide today. I run my Ironman, you know, there's obviously there are steps that lead up to it. We don't usually think of things like reaching out to a friend, uh, making a quick phone call to, uh, you know, an old classmate, uh, you know, leaving a plate of cookies, like you said, or a, or a casserole dish on the doorstep of a neighbor and letting them know that it's there. We don't think of those usually as goals. And yet, um, you know, these little things can make a big difference, not only in lives of, of others, those that we connect with and and uh, touch bases with, but in our own lives as well, right? Absolutely. I mean, um, it has meant the world to me to have people, you know, leave things at my front door or check in or shoot me a text or drop a card in the mail. And um, I just think, wow, that just enriches my life so much. I want to, I want to pay that forward. So that's really become a goal for me this year to be more, more connected that way to other people. And, and we also know, Marianne and Lil, both how important social connections are. You know, there's just a mountain of research, even recent research that just talks about how important it is to stay socially connected, how important that is for our mental health, for our emotional health, but also, frankly, for our physical health. That's a connection that we don't always make. And again, the research is new and they're just finding out all these great and amazing things about social connectiveness. Um, but it reduces stress. It helps with heart health. It helps with uh, Alzheimer's and with, um, you know, mental acuity and cognitive health. There are a lot of benefits to being connected socially. And man, we have, we have struggled to be able to do that in the middle of this pandemic in a lot of ways for a lot of us and a, and a lot of people. And so finding creative ways, different ways to connect can be so important. Mm-hmm. Um. I have come to realize that just the simple act of walking with someone else can still be done safely. You can, you know, walk six feet apart, you can put your mask on and you're outdoors and you're still pretty safe and you have that connection that we've all been craving so much. And I've, um, I've gone for a couple of walks with friends and felt like I wasn't invading their space. They weren't invading mine and we were still, you know, very, very safe. So that's something to consider as well. Yeah. And and yet you were still together and able Mm -hmm. Uh, enjoy that sociality, that friendship, the, you know, all, all that connectedness that we really need in our lives and, and that we crave. Definitely. Now, I, I know we've just talked about, um, you know, different ways of looking at goals and, and thinking through uh, how we can remain connected and, and stay connected with people. Uh, we've, we've made the decision for now to move forward with the Huntsman World Senior Games. 
Uh, it's, you know, nine months away and we're excited about the prospects of that. We know the world will look a little bit different then than it does now. And, and we're optimistic. Um, you've competed in the games for a number of years. What advice would you have in, in a couple of minutes, uh, maybe a minute or less, uh, for someone who is, is potentially thinking about that as a goal, Marianne? Um, I would say that, you pay, like you said, you have nine months now. Um, first, make sure that you're the best person you can be physically. I would say, you know, get check with your doctor if you're starting an exercise program. If you're thinking about doing a sport for the first time, for sure, make sure that you're okay to do that. Um, get your hearing checked, get your eyes checked, get your blood pressure checked, make sure that you're physically ready to take this on. And then, um, you know, commit to commit to the training. There is, um, like you said, you can't go out and run a marathon tomorrow without some preparation. Uh, you can't, you know, compete in a swimming event. You can't throw a discus. You can't do those kinds of things without some training. So make the commitment that this is going to be important to you. This is going to be your end game. This is your stretch goal. And, um, and that you'll be even best of all, uh, reconnected with all the wonderful fellow athletes all over the world. And that's, that's enough to make me, you know, want to get out there and put in the miles uh, to train for my race walking events. Thinking about seeing everybody again just is what drives me right now, for sure. Well, and there's something very powerful about that. There's no question about it. To me, that's, um, that's really the, the vision and the goal and you know, the mission that we have as an event, the Husband World Senior Games, we want to provide the ability, the opportunity for people to be physically fit, to practice, to train, uh, to, to push themselves, to push expectations, to push boundaries, to push barriers. We, we, we love being a part of that, especially for an active aging population. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other side of it are the things that we've also been talking about today, that social uh, elements as well. We have so many of our athletes that come from all around the world. They all converge here in St. George, Utah in October to compete in their event, the event uh, that they love, the event of their choice. And in so doing, built into that process is this social aspect as well, where people can reconnect. It's, 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 it's said so often by our athletes, it feels like it's a family reunion. And it's always for yeah. sure. Marianne and, and Lil both, you've been involved for years in the games, and I've certainly seen it personally as well. It does feel like that. It feels like um, just the, the best family reunion that you can imagine without all the, the, the crazy and <laughs> Without all the drama. No, it's very, very true. Every year in October, when I see those wonderful familiar faces, there's just hugs all around and everybody is so supportive. And even though you're going to go out and compete like crazy against that person, you know, in, in 10 minutes, um, it's just, you can't, can't, you know, that the camaraderie is just fabulous. And afterwards, when one of you beats the other, that person will still come up and congratulate you and, and say, you know, great job, you know, wonderful. I've competed in other sports earlier in life where it wasn't like that at all, which is sort of like, well, ooh, scoping out the competition and it looks, you know, everybody's kind of giving each other the hairy eyeball that doesn't really happen here. It's just all very supportive and wonderful. And I can't wait for it to come back. <laughs> there is something special about it. And we feel the same way. We, we can't wait. Well, Marianne, thank you so much for joining us, for sharing some of your thoughts on, on goal setting. And uh, we wish you the very best as we move forward through life, through the pandemic, through life in general, and uh, definitely looking forward to connecting in person once again with you soon. Thanks so much, Kyle. It's always a pleasure to be chatting with you and Lil. Awesome. So Lil, good stuff there, right? Yes, very much so. 
Awesome. Just to wrap things up here, we want to extend a personal and uh, emphatic inf- invitation to head over to one of our sister sites. This is your epic.com. There you can register and learn more about the Epic Virtual Events. In 2021, the Epic Virtual Events will consist of a series of 12 5K virtual races. You can do each race on your own time at your own pace. The involvement medals are amazing. Each one, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're beautiful. Each one, oh, yeah. At the top of their game, like an eagle, a lion, or a shark, all you have to do is visit thisisyourepic.com and choose the races you want to sign up for. We'll send you a swag pack that includes the medal itself, a sticker, a few other things that we'll throw in there as well. Also, don't forget that team registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games is now open. Individual registration will open on March 1st, so put that on your calendar and be ready for that. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. Of course, we take this live show, we turn it into a podcast, and you can also subscribe anywhere podcasts are found to the show. If you're listening by podcast, take a moment, give us a rating, write a quick review. One of the best and easiest places to leave a review is at podchaser.com slash theactivelife. And then, of course, you can also find this in previous shows right on our website, cdgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought, Lil. Okay. From legendary coach Bear Bryant, and he says, it's not the will to win that matters. Everyone has that. It's the will to prepare to win that matters. (laughs) Very nice. Until next Thursday, stay active. (laughs) 